What's going on, everybody? If you can't tell by the eargasm that you're having, you are listening to the Give Me the Points podcast. I am Soup. If you follow our Instagram, you know that Tyler is out tonight, so I will be riding solo again, and that's okay. Um, there seems to be a common theme here. Whenever Tyler's out, his favorite team is in the news, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I want to touch on this real quick. Um Urban Meyer and everything that go, that's going on in Jacksonville is an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, he's not here to defend it, but I know he would agree with me. There's reports that have come out. If you haven't seen the video, you know, go find the video of Urban Meyer getting grinded on by like an 18-year-old blonde girl. Um, but there's reports that have come out of quotes from an anonymous player saying that you know when Urban Meyer addressed the team, he didn't address them as a whole. He addressed position by position. And after he addressed them, um, when he left the room, they laughed at him. Uh, he has no respect in that locker room. There's no way he's going to make an entire season. There's, I just don't see it happening. They are 0-4. They blew a lead last Thursday against Cincinnati. And it was just a pathetic performance in the fourth quarter by them. So yeah, Tyler, sorry you're here. You're not here to defend your um, your organization, but this Urban Meyer thing is going up in flames. And I'm going to speak for you here. I think you want it to end as soon as possible. I, I think that I know you well enough that you want this to be over with. I don't think that there's any way that they can turn this around and spin it into a positive and the team get behind them and play well and yada, yada, yada. I think this needs to end and I think it needs to end quickly. And I think they just need to, you know, just take their loss, I guess. Um, roll with the punches, as they say, and just move on. I know it's still early to fire a head coach, and they're not going to fire him after week four unless he does something egregious. But this can't – I mean, 0-8 maybe, you get rid of him midseason and let somebody else step in and maybe get the guys pumped and win a few games. I don't know. But Jacksonville's in bad shape. Um, I wanted to start the episode off before we cover the plays. This show is about you guys. Um, and I want to say thank you. We did our seventh episode last week, and every single week we have gone up in listens. And I have a list of the cities here that listened to the seventh episode. I couldn't write them all down because my hand was cramping, so I'm going to go through the ones that I did get through. Um, we have Albuquerque, Albany, Atlanta, Crystal Lake, Illinois, Dallas, Moorestown, New Jersey, Mount Holly, North Carolina, Orlando, Duncan, Oklahoma, Salt Lake City, Brandon, Mississippi, Cincinnati, Washington, D.C., Seattle, Anchorage. Those of you up in Alaska, we appreciate you. I know you guys don't have a football team up there. Um, that's awesome. Uh, is it Boydton? I think it's Boydton, Virginia. And the one that I wrote down in circle because it just tickles me pink. We have some listeners over, I don't want to mispronounce it. I think it's Bala. Uh, it's in Wales. So we have some listeners across the pond. That's awesome. And for you guys, and for you guys only, 
um, because you do listen. We will make a play on the London game this week. Um, it's the Jets and Falcons, not the most appealing game, but there's a line on there that we think we can exploit, and uh, we're going to make a play on that. So if I didn't mention your city, I'm sorry. I wrote down what the top, like 20 or whatever, the most listens we had. Um, so I appreciate all of you guys and all of the cities. And I know I speak for myself and Tyler here. Um, we couldn't do it without you. We wouldn't do this without you guys. Uh, we wouldn't do it if we didn't have listeners and we didn't have feedback. That would just be me talking into a microphone for no reason. Um, I'm glad that we can share with you guys and I'm glad that we're winning with you guys. Um, so far on the season, we are 15 and seven on the college football season up eight, uh, 8.8 units. Yeah. Eight, 8.8 units. And with the NFL, we are 19 and 10 and we're up two and a two and a half units on the NFL. We've lost our two five unit plays. I didn't know there was going to be a tsunami and, uh, in New England this weekend, or we probably wouldn't have made a five-unit play on Tampa to cover. That just played perfectly in the New England. But it happens. We That's why we make the plays midweek, um, because we expect lines to change, and we just didn't see that rain being as bad as it was. But it is what it is. We're still up money on the NFL. We're doing very well in college. Um, like I said, 15-7 and seven and 19-10. and 10, That puts us at 34-17. and 17. And that puts us right at that 66% clip that we said we are going to aim for this year. So we are right on the money at hitting 66%. We're up 11 units through what this is now five weeks. Um, so a little over two units a week. We do that for an entire season. That's 35 units. That is doubling your bankroll. Um, so that's pretty good. That's what we're aiming for. Um, any profit's a good profit, but doubling a bankroll would be sweet. Some housekeeping stuff. Um, we've got the NBA kick or tipping off here in a week and a half. Uh, I put a poll out on the Instagram story. Got some great feedback on it. I love the NBA. I really enjoy betting it. Unfortunately, we won't be able to cover much NBA on the weekly podcast, as games are every single night and not once a week like football. Um, so stay active and follow the Instagram story, um, set an alert. So it lets you know when we post something to the story, cause we will be making NBA plays. Um, it'll be somewhere between three and five NBA plays a night, probably because there's a lot of games. There's a lot of player props, um, players to go, you know, they're over on threes, assists, rebounds, the points, rebounds, assist combo. There's so much to bet in the NBA. And then the NHL, um, the puck drops six days from now. Opening game is Pittsburgh at Tampa. Um, so we'll be making NHL plays as well. Um, Tyler, not the biggest NBA guy, so that'll be the majority of me and the NHL. Um, we both follow the NHL. Tyler, more of a hockey guy than I am. Um, we have some outsiders who are going to help us with the hockey plays as well. But that being said, we've got plays coming up this week. And let me get my notes together here real quick.
sorry about that. I do record in my house. I had to mute it there for a second because my son started crying. But we do have plays for this week. I want to go over last week's plays first. Um, so last week we went two and one in college. Um, we took the over in the Georgia versus Arkansas game. We took over 47 and a half and Arkansas threw up a zero. I don't know. Arkansas didn't throw up a zero. Georgia blanked them. I mean, just completely shut them down. Georgia dominated the game. We debated taking them at minus 18 and a half. I thought it was too big and they doubled that. They won the game, I think 37, nothing. But then our two wins came. We had Cincinnati minus two against Notre Dame. Um, Cincinnati won that game 24 to 13. They took the, the initial lead and never looked back. Um, the only time Notre Dame was covering the spread was when it was 0-0. And then we took Bama minus 14. Um, and they got up quick, and they held that lead. Ole Miss got a late score to make it 42-21, but it was never really a game. Um, Alabama kept. Ole Miss in front of them, like we said they would, and that's how you control that offense. Um, Ole Miss's offense is good. They put up 21 in Alabama. They're not bad. But Bama's just – I mean, Bama and Georgia, top two teams in the country. I think it's Georgia 1A, Bama 1B, and we're going to get to see those two play each other hopefully twice this year, once in the SEC championship, and again um, at some point in the college football playoffs, hopefully in the college football championship, because I think they're the two best teams. And I think that's what we deserve as fans is to see the legit two best teams go against each other, especially if the SEC championship is a close game. We deserve a second game. Um, so that was two and one in college. And then Sunday with the NFL, we went four and one. Um, we had the Chiefs over 30 and a half team total. They hit 42. They torched the Eagles' defense as expected. Tyreek Hill had a tie freak game, 182 yards and three tutties. And Patrick Mahomes threw for five touchdowns. And uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire looked really good, too. They ran the ball well. Um, we then had the Colts uh, plus one and a half uh, against the Dolphins. Um, Colts won that game 27-17. The run defense of Miami sucks. And the run offense of the Colts is their strength. And Jonathan Taylor did exactly that. Jonathan Taylor ran the ball well, and they won the game by 10. The next play was Baltimore, minus one and a half at Denver. Baltimore won that game 23 to 7. Some may say it's because Teddy Bridgewater got concussed. I still don't think that Denver would have won that game. Drew Locke sucks. Drew Locke came in, the offense went stagnant, and uh, Baltimore did what Baltimore does, and they won a low-scoring affair. The defense looked good for probably the first time this year, and Baltimore won the game 23-7. We then had the Washington Redskins um, minus one and a half against the Atlanta Falcons, right? Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons had the lead. Until Taylor Heineke did Taylor Heineke things, and he threw a beautiful – I mean, it was he kept the play alive. It wasn't a beautiful pass, but he did keep the play alive long enough for J.D. McKissick to leak out to the right. He hit him in the flat, and J.D. McKissick took it 40 yards to the house and dove over the pylon. It was incredible. It looked like we weren't going to cover. It looked like they were going to settle for a field goal and win the game by one. But they ended up getting in. They ended up – covering the spread. It was awesome. It was just a super fun way to win a bet. 
Um, and then we lost on Tampa minus six and a half. I, I don't want to make excuses because we lost, right? But I just I feel like if there wasn't all that rain, Tampa's offense would have been fine. It played perfectly. Um, the hoodie drew up a perfect game plan. He really did. And Tampa's secondary is busted up. I mean, Richard Sherman's their number one, and he's been on the team for a week as of today. They lost Carlton Davis mid-game. I mean, they're just torched. They have Richard Sherman and Ross Cockrell out there. It's not good. Um, but Tampa had to – I don't know why. I was confused by their defensive game plan. Um, yeah, they held New England in negative rushing yards, but they let Mac Jones throw six- and seven-yard passes all night long. They, they capped the top of the field and didn't let him beat him deep, but he's not going to beat you deep. I would force Mac Jones to throw the ball deep um, and just trust that his arm isn't going to beat your secondary down the field. It was an interesting game plan, but Tampa doesn't care about covering the spread. They care about winning the game. And then Nick Folk doinked the 56-yarder in the pouring rain. I don't know what Belichick was thinking. There was still time on the clock. New or um, Tampa would have left. They would have left Brady with time, even if they would have. I, I don't know. I don't know. As a fan, it sucked because obviously I bet Tampa to cover, but then I had to watch New England lose a close game. So it was like a double negative for me. It sucked. If if Tampa wasn't going to cover, I obviously wanted New England to win the game. So, but all in all, not a bad week. Made two and a half units. It's a profit. That's the goal. Profit every single week. Um, and when you don't profit, only lose a little. So not bad. Four and one, two and one, six and two, two and two on the player props again. Um, so it's at eight and four. So it's not miserable, but we lost the five unit play. So it kind of put a damper on what could have been a really, really good week. Uh, so into this week's plays, we've got week five in the NFL, week six in college football. Uh, we'll start with college football here. So our top 25 matchups, the first one we're going to cover is number six, Oklahoma, at number 21, Texas. Oklahoma coming in as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Don't like that. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I think Texas might actually win this game. Um, we said it before the season even started, that Bijan Robinson is the best running back in college, and he's proving that. Uh, he's an absolute stud, and the offense runs through Bijan. Um, Over-under coming in at 63.5, you would think Big 12, you'd think Oklahoma, Texas, you'd think that this is going to go over. So I'm not buying that. Uh, we like the under here. Um, I had Tyler text me his plays in a confidence level of 1 to 10. And this was one of his higher-rated confidence-level plays. And he is a Big 12 guy. Being a, uh, a West Virginia fan, he watches these teams a lot. He follows the Big 12 a lot. And I agree with him here on the under 63.5. I don't think this is an overreaction to the Oklahoma versus West Virginia game. I really don't. Oklahoma's offense outside of dropping 72 on who was like Albuquerque State or something like that, their offense really hasn't gotten it going the way that we're used to Oklahoma offenses getting it going. Um, Texas, on the other hand, Texas offense is number one in the Big 12 in the statistical categories. But 
when they played a good defense in Arkansas, we saw them struggle when they only scored 21. And Oklahoma's defense is surprisingly pretty good. Um, They're not known for having a good defense, but so far this year, they've been a lot better than expected as the offense has been, you know, not as good as expected. Um, Bijan's the route to Texas's win. And I think that they know that. I think Oklahoma knows that. So I think Texas is going to run the offense through him. I think Oklahoma is going to hone in on him. And I think that this will get close to the total. I do think it'll get close. I don't think it's going to be a 27-20 game. I don't think we're going to cover by, you know, three scores here. But we make a play on every single top 25 matchup outside of one last week. And then there's another one this week we're not going to touch because it's just, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about the teams and they've been too inconsistent as far as against the spread and overs and unders. Um, but we're going to take the under 63 and a half here in Oklahoma versus Texas. I'm going to say Texas wins this game 31 to 27. I'm going to say we cover it by like, you know, nine or 10 points. Um, well, 31, 27. No, we cover by six points. Sorry. Yeah. 31, 27. Texas will be my prediction here. We're going one unit on the under 63 and a half. The next college play we have is number two, Georgia at number 18, Auburn uh, quarterback matchup, baby Stenson Bennett versus Bo Nix. We're going the under here. It's 47 and a half. Georgia's at 15 and a half point favorite. Another spread. I, I I think we should learn from our lesson last week, but I'm not going to. Um, but we're, we are going to learn conics. We're not going to take the over in a Georgia game. We're going to take the under. We're not going to take Georgia to cover. We're going to take the under. Georgia's defense is incredible. Uh, it's just fantastic. They have, they're outscoring their opponents 99 to nothing over the last two games. Like I said, they just blanked Arkansas 37 nothing. Um, and they're going up against Bo Nix, who completes about 50% of his passes. I think Bo Nix sucks. I think Bo Nix is only a name because of his first game against Oregon. Uh, he made one really good pass, and that has carried him through his college career. And he plays in the SEC, and he plays on a decently competitive team. But overall, I don't think Bo Nix is a very good quarterback. On the other side of the ball, Auburn ranks seventh in run defense, and they're going up against a team who runs the ball a lot. Um, this is strength for strength in all aspects. I mean, this is Georgia's strength is their run game. Uh, Auburn's defensive strength is their run D. Auburn's strength is their run game. Georgia's defensive strength is their run D. Um, so when you go strength for strength, I normally I tend to side with the defensive side of the ball. And when you have Stetson Bennett versus Bo Nix, I'm not expecting huge passing performances, which leads us to the under of 47 and a half. I'll say Georgia 28 to 13. So they barely miss covering the spread and the under comes up six points. Um, so 28, 13, Georgia under 47 and a half. That's going to be a two unit play guys. Um, so we have one unit on the under in the Oklahoma, Texas, 63 and a half, two units on the under Georgia, Auburn, 47 and a half. And we are not going to touch the Arkansas Ole Miss game. As I said, too inconsistent. Don't know how healthy KJ Jefferson is. 
The over-under is sitting really high at like 66 and a half. It's a lot for an Arkansas team that I think has a pretty good defense, but Ole Miss's offense is high-powered and their defense sucks. Um, so we're not going to touch that one, but we are going to touch the top five matchup. Penn State, number four, at number three, Iowa. Iowa looked crazy impressive against Maryland last week. They shut Maryland down. Um, Baby Tua came into that game looking really, really good. I think it was 10 touchdowns and one interception, averaging like 300-something yards a game. And Iowa basically put a top on the defense and made him throw in front of them, and it really played into their favor. They won the game 51-10, to 10, I believe. They absolutely dominated them. Um, Iowa does have the worst-ranked offense in the Big Ten based off of yards per game. I think they only average like 310 yards per game, but they're super efficient inside the red zone. Um, they're only averaging that many yards, but their defense causes turnovers and gets them in good field position, and when they're in good field position, they score touchdowns. They're really good inside the red zone. And Penn State, um, their defense has struggled a little bit for a Big Ten defense. So with Iowa's offense struggling and Penn State's defense struggling, but Penn State's offense has been good against Iowa's good defense, another strength for strength and weakness versus weakness. The total's coming in at 40 and a half. That's super low. I know it's a Big Ten game. It could, it possibly could end in the teens or 20 to 17 or something like that. But we're going to make a three-unit play here, and we're going to take the over because I think this game's going to be close, and I think it could possibly lead to an overtime game. So when I think a game's going to be close, I normally side with the over just in case of overtime because overtime in college football is – great for overs. I mean, it's awful for unders, obviously, because you go back and forth and then you have to go for a two point conversion. And it just, we're going to, we're going to go over 40 and a half year. We're going to make three unit play on the over 40 and a half in the Penn state versus Iowa game. So that's a one unit play on the under 63 and a half in the Oklahoma, Texas, a two unit play on the under 47 and a half in the UGA versus Auburn and a three unit play on the over 40 and a half in the Penn state versus Iowa. Those are our three college plays at six units on college this week. We're upping it a little bit because we've been doing really well in college. Um, and we're looking to capitalize on that this week. Next is the NFL. And we've got, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven plays in the NFL. So that's a total of 10 plays in football this week. And it's going for a total of two, three, five, eight, ten. 14 units um, in NFL, six in college. So we got 20 units up for grabs this week, guys. So let's get into this. Um, I'm going to go through all the lines here. I'm going to give you my lean. But um, we're obviously we're making plays on a few games here. So the first game is the Thursday night game. We have the Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. The Rams coming in, or the Seahawks are a two-and-a-half-point dog at home. And the over/under coming in at fifty-four and a half. Um, we're going to play the Rams to cover the two and a half points here. Um, Jalen Rams, this, this is the thing that sticks out to me a lot here. So Tyler Lockett, obviously not one hundred percent healthy, and DK Metcalf finally had a good week last week, but he's going up against Jalen Ramsey, and 
in the two games that DK Metcalf has played against Jalen Ramsey. Um, yeah, two games. Yeah, two games. Two games last year against Jalen Ramsey. 53 offensive snaps. Jalen Ramsey was on DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf had one catch for 11 yards. Um, we we talk week in and week out about how freaking good Jalen Ramsey is, and that just shows you right there that he has shut down the freak of nature, the 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 binky mouth guard DK Metcalf to one catch for 11 yards in 53 snaps. Um, Chris Carson's banged up; he hasn't been practicing all week, and Seattle's run defense is miserable. So. I like Daryl Henderson, the Memphis monster, to have a big game here. And I like the Rams to bounce back after getting absolutely embarrassed by the hottest team in the NFL. So it's really not – it's not bad that they lost. It's bad how bad they lost. Um, but I expect Aaron Donald to get home. Seattle's offensive line struggles. I think Russ is going to be running for his life, and this is not – we're not dogging Russ here by taking this play because we are big believers in early season Russ and he's doing what he does. He's fantastic. But I just think the more well-balanced offensive team um, with Daryl Henderson and Matt Stafford and Cooper cup and Robert Woods and Van Jefferson and Deshaun Jackson and Tyler Higby against a poor Seattle defense is the play here because the Rams have the playmakers on the defensive side of the ball to make Russ with a banged up Chris Carson and a banged up Tyler Lockett, regardless if they're at home with the 12th man. We like the Rams to cover two and a half here. We're taking the Rams minus two and a half for two units. The next game will be the Sunday morning game in Atlanta, or not in Atlanta, I'm sorry, in London. The New York Jets are getting three points. The over-under is at 46. Um, we're going to take the over in the London game. Why not? You know, two bad defenses, two offenses who seem to have kind of gotten it going. Zach Wilson looked kind of good against a bad Titans defense. And this week he gets another bad Atlanta defense. Atlanta secondary is porous. And I think Zach Wilson has the talent. He definitely has the arm strength. Um, and he has the mobility to keep plays alive. And him and Corey Davis seem to have developed something as of late. Um, he actually got Jameson Crowder the ball a couple times. Jameson Crowder, one of the more underrated receivers in the NFL. And we like the over 46 here. Um, Jets defense is letting up 25 points per game. And they haven't really played anything good. As far as offensive teams, um, they've played Denver, who's not a, you know, a spectacular offensive team. They played New England, who we know is not fantastic on offense. They've played Carolina, who Sam Darnold is just a red zone rushing machine, I guess. And they've also played Tennessee, who's super banged up. Um, they threw a bunch of scrubs out there as far as wide receivers go. Josh Reynolds had probably the best game as far as receivers go until Chester Rogers had a huge um, fourth quarter in overtime to hit our over on that player prop. But yeah, they played a Tennessee team without AJ Brown and without Julio Jones, and they still let up 20 points to them. 
So I think Atlanta's rookie head coach has been figuring out how to utilize their unique um, skill set. They're using Cordell Patterson a lot, which seems to be working a lot. I think Mike Davis might have a decent game here, and I think Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts finally get in the end zone. Um, so we're going to take the over 46 here for two units in the London game, Jets versus Falcons. Next game is the Eagles at the Panthers. Panthers laying three and a half at home, over under coming in at 45 and a half. Um, I think the Eagles are better than a one in three football team. Their defense is not very good, but I think that bodes well for them against Carolina here. Carolina's offense is not as good without Christian McCaffrey, obviously. So we're going to make a parlay here. Um, I'm going to call it the Pennsylvania parlay. We are going to take the Eagles money line paired with the Steelers money line who are at home against Denver. Um, the Eagles money line coming in at a 160 plus 165 Steelers money line coming in at a minus 110 parlay them together. That's a plus 400 parlay. Uh, so we're taking the Steelers and the Eagles to win at plus 400, the Pennsylvania parlay. And we're going to put one unit on that. So that's one unit to win four units. That is our first parlay of the year. Just a little two, uh, a two team money line parlay. Next game. Miami at Tampa. Tampa coming in at minus 10, over under coming in at 47 and a half. I'm not going to overthink this. I've, I, we know we've gone against Miami two weeks in a row. We got screwed the first week. We won last week, and we're going against them again this week. We're going to buy the hook. We're going to buy it down to nine and a half, and we're going to take Tampa minus nine and a half at a minus 120, and we're going to put two units on that. The Dolphins run D, I covered it last week. Their run D is not good. Um, and Tampa seems to have found something with Leonard Fournette. He's not playoff Lenny. He's regular season Lenny right now. He ran really well against the New England team that stops the run pretty well. And in the rain, he still kept his footing, made some nice catches out of the backfield. As long as they keep Ronald Jones off the field and let Lenny get into a groove, I like Lenny to run over all over Miami. Um, the New England game's behind Brady. The emotions are gone. They won the game. Now they can focus, and they're back at home. They're not going to be in pissing rain. Um, and I don't – I don't know. I, I covered on Tampa's secondary not being good and being banged up, but I don't think Jacoby Brissett is the guy that's going to be able to test them. I think that if they play the same game plan that they did against Mac Jones and keep everything in front of them – and prevent Jalen Waddle and Devontae Parker and Mike Kosicki from beating them downfield. They're going to hold Miami under 17 points here, and I think Tampa tops 28 points in this game. So we're going to take Tampa minus 9.5 for two units. Um, I'll say 34-13 Tampa. The next game is, man, we're just we're playing everything early. I didn't realize that these were all 1 o'clock games. We're going to have to throw some 4 o'clock games on the uh, Instagram story because these are all 1 o'clock games. Okay, New Orleans at Washington. Washington lay, are getting 2.5 points at home, over under at 44.5. I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. Washington's defense is due to step up and have a game, and I think that they're going to do so against New Orleans here. Um, I think at home, Taylor Heineke does spectacular things at home. I like him here, and 
I'd like the defense to finally step up against a discombobulated offense in the Saints who just lost to the New York Giants. Um, Sean Payton can run Taysom Hill out there all he wants. It does not help that team, in my opinion. And I don't think Jameis Winston's going to have the time to find guys downfield. I just Their defensive line has to get home at some point, and this is going to be the game. Um, so Washington, we're going to buy the hook. We're going to play Washington two units at a minus 120. We're going to take Washington plus three, two units on the Washington Redskins. Um, next game, we're not playing this good. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Jacksonville getting four and a half points as the home dog over under at 48 and a half. Uh, this all depends on who goes for Tennessee. Um, if Tennessee can run at least one of A.J. Brown or Julio Jones out there, I like Tennessee to cover the spread here. I talked about how Jacksonville is just in the shitter, and I don't think that this is the game for them to bounce back. Division game, Tennessee just lost to the Jets. They need a win. The Colts finally got a win. Mike Vrabel is going to get his guys focused. Mike Vrabel is one of my favorite head coaches in the NFL. Um, so – I would lean Tennessee to cover the four and a half here, but we're not going to make a play on this game. Next game, Detroit at Minnesota. Minnesota minus eight and a half is the home favorite over under 49 and a half. Um, Detroit, look, they just can't get out of their own way. They just inopportune turnovers in every single game. Um, You had the butt fumble and now, you know, people are calling it the dick pick but I'm pretty sure I saw the replay and it bounced off Jared Goff's shoulder, but it was such a crazy interception in the red zone. Um, just a nightmare. Detroit can't stay out of their own way, and Minnesota seems to be clicking. Uh, I don't know, man. Honestly, I I guess I'd lean the under 49 and a half here. I, it's gonna be a, that's going to be a game that I really don't pay much attention to, to be honest. That's one of those 1 o'clock games that I will not have an eye on at all. Um Denver, Pittsburgh, Denver plus one and a half at Pittsburgh over under at 39 and a half. Super low total. Um, we already are playing the Pittsburgh money line with Philadelphia money line. So that's our play on this game. But Pittsburgh's offense is just not Ben Roethlisberger is not it. But you know what he's better than? He's better than Drew Locke. Um, and it's at Pittsburgh. So that's why we're taking Pittsburgh money line here. I think that defense, if it's Drew Locke, that defense is going to feast on him. So if it's Teddy Bridgewater, he's still in concussion protocol as of now, and it's Wednesday evening. He was out on the field watching practice, so there's that, but he's still in the protocol. So I don't know if they'll hurry him back. Um, I sure wouldn't. I wouldn't risk him coming back and taking another hit because then you're stuck with Drew Locke for the rest of the season, and that's not good. So I don't think we're going to see Drew Locke out there wrapping young Jeezy on the sideline this week. We think Pittsburgh's going to win that game. So that's the Pittsburgh-Philadelphia uh, money line parlay. Next game, another 1 o'clock game. Oh, my God. And we're cover- Yeah, we're making plays on both the remaining 1 o'clock games. Okay. So we don't have a play at 4 o'clock. We're going to have to make something because I can't just sit there and watch. I'll have to find something in the 4 o'clock games. Maybe our player props will be the 4 o'clock games. Okay, um, so it's Green Bay at Cincinnati. Cincinnati getting three points as the home dog over under 51 and a half. Both teams three and one. But I like the Packers here to cover the three points. Um, they, yes, they beat the Steelers last week in Lambeau. 
Steelers ended up making it a 10-point game, but that was because of a late Najee Harris touchdown. And Green Bay basically just played clock control and managed the game and didn't make any big mistakes because they were up 17 and they just kept, you know, didn't want to make any big, big mistakes and let Pittsburgh back in the game. So I think that game wasn't as close as the 10 points suggested. On the other hand, Cincinnati had to come back and rally against Jacksonville, but Joe Mixon's banged up, bad ankle. Um, I just, Cincinnati's pass defense is letting quarterbacks complete at a 70% clip throughout the first four games. In the list of quarterbacks they've played against, letting up a 70% clip against Andy Dalton, Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins, and Big Ben, that does not bode well when you're going against Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think the Green Bay offense has obviously figured it out since week one. And they're going to roll in this game. We're going to go three units on the Packers minus three here, guys. Uh, this is going to be a popular play throughout the public. I, I, I do believe that, which kind of scares me. But at the same point in time, I think it's an overachieving three and one Cincinnati team. I think Green Bay is just a better overall team. Yes, they're on the road. Yes, they have to travel East Coast. They're traveling time zones. But Aaron Rodgers has been in the league for long enough. That's not going to affect him, man. Um, and, you know, the inclement weather, if there is any in Cincinnati this week, that also won't affect him as he's played in Green Bay his entire career. So we're going to take Green Bay minus three, three units on them. And then we have the Patriots at Houston. Houston getting eight and a half points as the home dog. 39 and a half is the total. I, uh, we're going to go another team total play here like we did with the Chiefs last week, but we're going to take the under. We're going to take the Texans under 15 and a half points for two units. Belichick in his last six games against rookie signal callers, um, nine and a half points per game. Davis Mills is probably the worst quarterback on that list of six. I think it is Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson. Um, who else would have been on that list? Justin Herbert. Uh, trying to think who else would have been. I forget who it is. Six six rookies. His last six rookies, he's let up nine. And the, the defense let up nine and a half points per game. And the defense proved themselves against Tampa. Yes, it was raining, but they still played really well. Um Side note, they traded Stefan Gilmore today for a sixth-round pick to Carolina. I think that is crazy because he's two years removed from Defense Player of the Year. Yeah, he was on the pop list. Yeah, they don't want to pay him. It's the last year of his contract, so they don't want to owe him any more money. Whatever. You traded him out of the conference. Cool. But the fact that they traded him to the NFC South uh, is interesting to me. Um you know, you send Gilmore to somewhere where he's going to have to play Tom Brady twice a year. I don't know if that's a dig at Tom. Wouldn't surprise me if it's Belichick. It's a very subtle but, you know, shysty thing for him to do. You send a top caliber corner to go against Tom Brady twice a year. But anyway, back to the game. Under 15 and a half. Davis Mills has scored nine points in two games. Um, and the, Patri the Patriots defense is allowing 15 and a half points per game. And that includes games against Saints, the Saints and the Bucks. Um, so I like them to keep Houston under 15 and a half points here. I don't know if Houston's going to score two touchdowns. I'd say New England's going to win this game like 23 to 10. Um, so two units on that. So to recap our NFL plays, we have 
one unit on the Pennsylvania parlay, which is the Eagles and Steelers money line. That's a plus 400 parlay. Uh, we have two units on the Washington Redskins, plus three points at minus 120. We have two units on the Texans, under 15 and a half team total points against the Patriots. We have two units on the Rams, minus two and a half Thursday night football tomorrow night um, against the Seattle Seahawks. We have two units on the over 46 in the London game, Jets versus Falcons. We have two units on Tampa, minus nine and a half points at a minus 120 against the Miami Dolphins. And then we have three units. Yeah, that's all of them. Three units on the Packers, minus three at the Cincinnati Bengals. Aaron Rodgers against a defense that's letting up 70, 70% completion percentage. I'll take that all day. Um, so those are our plays for the week. It's going to be a busy one o'clock for us, guys. Um, we've got plays in all but two. Yeah, plays in all but two of the games before four o'clock. We covered the Thursday night. We covered the 9.30 a.m. So don't wait until Sunday at noon to play that London game. It's a 9.30 start for Eastern Standard Time. Um, so for you, use on the West Coasts, that's 6.30 for you guys. Um, so you're going to want to play that Saturday night because I doubt you guys are going to get up at 6.30 to watch the Jets and Falcons play each other. I know I wouldn't. I love the NFL, but I wouldn't be up at 6.30 to watch that game. So, and then we've got the Eagles game. We covered that. The Dolphins-Buccaneers game. Yeah, the only two 1 o'clock games we aren't playing are the Titans-Jaguars and the Lions-Vikings. And then the four o'clock games, we're going to run through these real quick. We've got the Bears plus five and a half at the Vegas Raiders over under at 44 and a half. Um, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure the Bears are without David Montgomery out four to five weeks with a hyperextended knee. And Justin Fields has been announced the starter. I don't know. Interesting. Raiders have struggled against the run. So I'd probably lean the over, but we'll probably make a player prop parlay on that. I'd lean the over 44 and a half there. Um, and then we've got some good four o'clock games. We've got the Browns at the Chargers. Chargers minus one and a half over under 46 and a half. That's going to be a hell of a game. We will make a player prop parlay on that game because that's going to be a game that I'm going to sit down and make sure I watch. And then the two 425 kickoffs, you've got the Giants getting seven points at the Dallas Cowboys. We didn't boys. 52 and a half is the over under going to make a player prop parlay on that game for sure. Um, the 49ers plus five and a half at the Arizona Cardinals, the Cardinals hottest team in the NFL right now over under coming at 50 and a half. Um, we'll make a play on that game. Some form or fashion. I'm sure the bills. Oh, the Sunday night game banger. I mean, bills plus three at the Kansas city chiefs, 56 and a half. I'm just going to say it now. We're more than likely going to play the over in that game. Um, the Chiefs' defense sucks. They just let up 30 to the Eagles, and the Bills' offense is way better than the Eagles. And the Bills' defense, albeit has looked good the last two weeks, they're going up against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, and the line's at 56.5. So I expect both teams to get into the high 20s, one of them in the 30s. Um, as far as the spread goes, I'd like buying a half point and taking the – you give me the Bills plus three and a half, I'll take that. But we're probably going to play the over on that more than likely, depending on weather and stuff. But we'll make a play on that on Sunday. 
Um, and then the Monday night game, you got the Colts plus seven at the Baltimore Ravens. Man, I kind of like the Colts plus seven and a half in that game. Over under at 46 and a half. We've made enough plays on the show. So, yeah, but just think about it. The Colts plus seven and a half. I kind of like that line. Um, so that's everything for the NFL for the week. Um, Tyler will be back next week. Hopefully with these 10 plays and these 20 units, he can come back like an eight and two week and we make, you know, 14, 15 units. That'd be pretty solid. And you know, just kick him off the show or something. I don't know, <laughs> but no, he's, he, I asked for his confidence in the plays and he loved the Oklahoma, Texas game, the Auburn, Georgia under the Packers minus three, the Jets Falcons over the Tampa to cover. Um, the, he, you know, he likes the Redskins. I think he's suggested we make a play on them every single week against the spread. So he's a, he, he likes the Redskins and what they offer. So it does suck not having him here. I do miss him. I enjoy the back and forth banter. We got to let loose a little bit last week. I know it was a longer episode last week, but we had fun with it. I'd like to have the feedback from you guys. I know this is 45 minutes of me talking, so it's been a lot. It's been, you know, I'm sorry. I know my wife can't sit and listen to me talk for 45 minutes, so I appreciate that you guys do. But my wife also doesn't make money off of me. So that's what I'm trying to do. Um, again, thank you to all those cities. Thank you to all of the listeners. And thank you every week for increasing our, um, our, our listens and our views on YouTube. We will be back on YouTube next week. And um, to all the new followers on Instagram, we appreciate you. Look forward to the Instagram story for NHL and NBA plays and the player props and additional plays for the Sunday and Monday night games. I think that's all I have. Again, I end the episode every week like this, but I can't say it enough. We want to thank Punchless Media and the boys over at Punchless MMA, Dale and Trey. They put out their new episode. They do their episodes on Tuesdays. We do ours on Wednesdays. Um, you do have a nice fight card coming up this weekend. So if you haven't listened to them yet, you only listen to us. You're wrong. Go listen to them. Go watch them on YouTube and get their plays for the UFC card this upcoming weekend. Um, that's all I've got for you guys. As always, I appreciate you and everything you're doing for us and good fortune. And I'll talk to you on Instagram.